If you were curious how many attempts it takes me to get show announcements correct, the answer is, I don't know yet because I've been doing this for an hour already. November 1st, we will be at Club Charlie's in Pocatello, Idaho. November 2nd, we will be at TF Brick House in Twin Falls, Idaho. On November 4th, we will be at the Beehive in Salt Lake City. There are only 12 tickets left for that show. There will be standing room tickets available after that, I believe. But if you are emotionally attached to the idea of a chair at your comedy show, I highly recommend that you head over to mormonandthemethhead.com and get those tickets now. Uh, hold on one sec. I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's the noise that you make. That's it. Know. That's the noise that you make. That that sounds sounds like what I assume it felt like to hug you. It sounds like someone doing their best impression of being sweet. They're like, it's like you heard. It's like you watched a movie with a girl who went one time when her boyfriend said something sweet, and you were like, "Yep." That's what I have to... I got to learn how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I say something nice to you, you put... You're like... (laughs) You sound like a sick cat. (laughs) If you put a Mormon and a Methad together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just a radar Listen to them talking to Mike. time I look at my gun so I got free dental implants because I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast yet uh oh I have you been doing it in the intros you just say that your te- mouth's messed up yeah okay her mouth's messed up because Dr. One- Brady Smith from Vancouver uh saw me on Burt Cast gluing my teeth in and was like uh this gross bitch needs some help he's a Mormon also yeah. by the way yeah Smith the Smiths and <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What an idiot. Uh-huh. Um, so Of the Joseph Smiths, not the band The Smiths, also descendants of Joseph Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact about The Smiths. Oh, my God, this is going to take a long time. So he, uh, I was on his podcast, which is coming out soon, and he offered me dental implants, which is a little bit different when you've had dentures already for a long time. I can't get individual dental implants because a bone has receded. This is four rods on top, four rods on the bottom, and then now they fuse with the bone for six months. And at the end of six months, there will be kind of something like a denture, just like a one one piece on top, one piece on bottom with all the teeth that click into this. So nobody has to watch me glue my teeth in anymore. Mm. The, the most exciting thing is that once you get your teeth taken out, your bone recedes for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's very exciting. And so this stops that process. Ah. So I used to have a long face shut up and now it's like kind of square and it would get worse it would get it would change it would less square and it would start to like bitter beer face so it's exciting because that's over now now that those rods are in there yeah i think a sentence like rod fuses with bone just sounds um scary it was i was awake for it and first they drill up a little drill bit it just straight through your gum up into the bone and then a bigger one, and then I felt like there was a bigger one, and then he puts the screw in and has a ratchet and just ratchets it up tight into your bone. And uh, I think I got three in before the vomit thing that happens to me when whenever I'm getting like a tattoo or uh, what? Sorry, uh, the I get vomit like, thing. The that vomit thing. To me. You mean you vomit? No, the room starts spinning and I start sweating. Oh, be like no, the room vomits onto me. <laughs> In Russia, room vomits on you. <laughs> There's going to be a, ma- a lot of mouth noises for the next six months because my d- 
dentures. So now my old dentures are on top of these new gums that are like swollen and inflamed and angry at what happened to them. And so it's been two weeks and I couldn't get my teeth in. They fit like they were someone else's dentures. I couldn't get them in. I haven't, I can't eat still. Um, Is that something that's happened to you before? If you accidentally put in someone else's dentures? No, I just imagine that it trying to put on someone else's dentures would feel like what this has felt like. Oh, okay, good. I'm just Cuz they're, you know, they're they are made from an impression of your mouth and this is my mouth is different now. So I went to Santa Monica yesterday and a very nice dentist there drilled a bunch of them out so I could get them in, but they're still very sore from having worn them wrong. Um anyway, I had breakfast with my parents and my uncle today and it's uh really hard to get to like talk to them about the recent successes we've been having, but while never saying anything that's going to make them want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> like they're, they're ready to be proud of me. They want to be proud of me and I want to keep them proud of me. Right. And I feel like the second that they listen to something, the, the, that pride is going to be replaced with a with a real sad feeling instead. Yeah. And so uh, my mom's asking me all these questions about like you. Yeah, so I heard you know good news with the podcast stuff. Uh, she Do you even me, understand what a podcast is though? Because uh, slightly, like a little bit, it's yeah. l- enough that it scares me. Like she asked me a question today. She was like. Cause I said something about how many downloads we, we got in a day or something this week. And she said, uh, now, uh, now if you just press play, does that count as a download? And I was like, what have you been pressing mom? <laughs> Can you mom, just ask her not to listen to it or mom, would that make her want to listen to it? I feel like it would make them want, to, I don't know. I did tell them when, when my act fundamentally changed during the divorce. I mean, whenever, so, cause I, I perform in Boise, uh, a few times a year. Yeah. And my parents would used to come out to shows, but then after the divorce, uh, my mom said something about coming out to a show and I did straight up say, please don't. Uh, I don't, I was like, it's just, I told her it will only make you sad, uh, which if it was, was true, you know? Yeah. And I, and it, but it was vague enough to let her come up with whatever reasons would, make her sad she's like oh maybe he tells really really squeaky clean jokes about uh how sad he is that he's divorced and that's why he doesn't want me to come he doesn't want me to see how sad he is which is true but only part (laughs) like there's that and then there's three other things that would be way worse than that yeah so i just i just want them to uh, I feel like that's this policy in my family is just uh, uh, leave things open to interpretation. Let let everyone uh, just imagine <laughs> what it is that you do without ever having to break anyone's heart. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, I don't want my mom to listen to it because I my dad listens. I had to did oh, have yeah. to show him how to do it on the podcast. My family is very open, honest. We talk about everything, and uh, I tell them things that they wished I hadn't told them. But it's hard for me. Um, I don't. Know, it makes me sad that they listen because so much of it is like childhood trauma stuff. That to me, the mother that I talk about experiencing as a child is not the mother that I know and love today. It's not the mother that takes care of my kids when I'm on the road, you know. And those are two totally different people to me. And I don't know, I feel bad making them, you know, like having them listen to something that no matter what, as a parent, you're going to feel like it's going to be hard to listen to, you know? So yeah. I, I know my dad, my dad listens to it and, and, um, I don't know. I mean, my, my family's great in that everyone just, my parents accept responsibility for whatever. And I accept that like this is my perception of my childhood. That doesn't mean that these were facts and I don't believe that anyone had ill intentions and I didn't feel love. That doesn't mean I was loved. I was not loved. You know, it was just my mom was on drugs. And so that's my main reason for not wanting them to listen 
uh, or her to listen, really. I know that he listens and we talk about it. And I just, even with him sometimes, I'm like, I'm so- I'm sorry. I feel bad. And um, it just has to be hard listening to your your child talk about getting molested as a kid like as a parent i don't know how like when when nicole shares her experience and i failed her so desperately as a mom when she was little when she talks about that experience you know that's her experience and but you know it's still hard to hear as the person who who did that to her you know and so that's it that's my main reason but anyway so go ahead you're trying to explain to them no no that was that was the end of that okay uh uh new challenge in my life that's all yeah that's funny well yeah because i want i i do want to brag to them i want them to know that things are going well the uh comedy is working out um but like i can't brag too much yeah <laughs> i don't want to make it sound too good i'm just I'm like yeah you know i'm doing all right just uh <laughs> you know i'm just a uh, host of this uh this this uh pretty boring podcast i mean it's wild <laughs> it's wildly successful but uh i don't uh, we've just tapped into this market that's uh really into auto parts and so we just read uh cap- <laughs> we read the catalog like the meineke catalog <laughs> out loud every episode we just go through top to bottom and i mean man we're getting a lot of downloads <laughs> And then, and like that, that 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 lie works. For my parents. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be like uh, we're finding a ton of people out there that really that really connect with the fact that uh, your religion is false. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell them that uh, a lot of people really resonate. <laughs> Do the name? Is she curious about the name? Uh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I... Did she know I was a meth head when I woke up in her house the other day? Yeah, she knows that you're an ex-meth head, an ex-tweaker, as you prefer to be called. Uh, she just didn't know that you couldn't eat gluten. That was the thing that threw her. <laughs> she was like, oh, what? Oh, no, I wasn't prepared. You know what, though? I can eat eggs, and everyone thinks that eggs are dairy. No, I don't. Who thinks that? Dumb? Most people yeah. think eggs are. Do your mom not have eggs? I was just. That, I didn't want to day. say. Oh, not okay. Most people have they eggs, and I just me. won't say anything because then I don't want people to have to cook me eggs. Oh, you should have come to breakfast though. Uh, first of all, you get to see my dad and his brother together, and they they look and sound and talk, and all their manner manners are the same. It's very cute and funny. Our, our my cousins and I we always uh, joke about how our dads look alike and stuff, um, but they also brought uh sausage from tennessee and oh, wow. it was so good and they had eggs it was I eggs and didn't sausage want me to go. i didn't want you to go yeah i thought i was letting you off the hook uh you were letting me off the hook and then putting me on the taco delivery hook <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh no i'm not gonna come to breakfast but uh can you go get me tacos? <laughs> I was go just going to go get tacos when you got back. And then I was like, uh, we need to record podcasts. And he, I'm going to do the exact thing I did yesterday, which was start this uh, field trip. And it would just be easier for him to come back with tacos, maybe. Oh, man. Uh, when you leave the condo and you're all uh, proud of yourself and, uh, pr- you know, going out, exploring, and then you get your food and then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> just imagine you just like turning in circles, just like, oh, you're just like all proud. You're like, and I remember where I parked the car. All right. Yeah, here we are. Start the car up. Vroom, vroom. Oh, oh man. I remembered to look at the mirrors before I started driving. Look at me. I'm ready to go. I'm driving so well, but in which direction? Did I tell you that I did that? Yeah. You told- <laughs> Look, I was so prepared. You took a nap, and I was like, I am going to take the car and go run some errands. And then as I was leaving, I was like, I'm going to get locked out. And then I stood at the door for a few minutes trying to figure out how to not get locked out. And then I was like, the code. I'll find the code. I found the code and was like, Psh, he's going to be so impressed that I figured out how to get back into this condo. And then I go to Target. And as I'm walking out of Target, I was like, Fuck. I have no idea where the condo 
well, just, just like, just to. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to wake him up to have him let me in the door. Cause I will not find the door. <laughs> I don't know where the door is. I could knock on it if I wanted to. Uh, anyway, I had a weird conversation with Tabitha. Well, not a weird conversation. I was just talking to you about how I feel like I've overcome the fighting and the bitching with Tabitha. And I had to like... <sighs> so there was a period of time, excuse me if I repeat myself, but there was a, a period of time where it really felt like she wanted to start fights with me. And it came right after the period of time when I stopped fighting. <laughs> it was like, right. I used to, I used to freak out and fight all the time. And then I stopped. And then ever since I stopped, uh, it just seems like she misses it yeah. and wants to, wants to provoke me in different ways. And I got through the worst of that. And it's been a while since uh she got to me but then today she got to me and it wasn't even hard it was just we she sent me a text about our our custody schedule and i was like oh yeah let's do then like this and then she sent me one more text that was like just a little bit insulting and a little bit bitchy and i called her i was like let's just talk on the phone and then she said I immediately was upset with her and she immediately got the satisfaction of, of calling me out for it where she was like, oh, this is why I was hesitant to even pick up the phone, Aaron. <sighs> just can we just please have a calm conversation about this? And I was like, ah! my head exploded like a Looney Tune, like a volcano on my shoulders. And it just and then afterwards, I just felt so sad, like she got me. I said that I wasn't ever going to let her see me mad again, that uh, I was never going to do it again. But then I did. And then I just feel like, oh, so fucking worthless again. Like just what an angry, you know, I believe all the things that she thinks about me again today. I just feel like I've relapsed. feel like uh, how I used to feel when I would jerk off again. When I was uh, younger, and so yeah. I'd be like, because uh, uh, I, I would work, I would work so hard to like not masturbate for like a month or something, and maybe I'd get a few weeks under my belt or something, and then I would do it again, and I'd be like, God, I'm such an addict, and I'm so I'll never, I'll never be free from this addiction. Oh. I'm never gonna be free from it. But that's how I feel today, except instead of porn, it's Tabitha. I'll never be free. I'm always going to be losing my temper and stuff. I feel dumb. I think it was a pretty reasonable reaction to the conversation. I think it was uh, kind of an indirect. I don't know. It, well, of course it was reasonable. It was absolutely re right. reasonable. But it doesn't matter. History, this it doesn't history. matter. Yeah. Right. It's just like if I, if I show any emotion whatsoever, uh, I've lost and she's won. Yeah. She'll she'll use she'll take that to the bank every time. Doesn't matter what doesn't matter what provokes it. If I show any sort of emotion, it confirms everything that she says, and she's will smile as she says it to me, and uh, I'll just forever be her crazy ex husband. Yeah, that's that's the story. That's frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah, I think that people get locked into exactly that. They get locked into a story like that. People love the narrative of them being the calm one and then being the reasonable one. And when you have, because you weren't not reasonable, you were heartbroken and going through a, a difficult time. And when you started to evolve out of that, then, you know, that she misses that dynamic. I don't think any of this is conscious. Like, I think these are all like subconscious motivations. A lot of people in active relationships get addicted to conflict. And, you know, like you see the guy with the jealous girlfriend or vice versa. And then 
when uh, maybe she starts to get over it or whatever, and then he starts triggering that jealousy because he's addicted to being the person with the jealous girlfriend. You know what I mean? So people get locked into these kind of dynamics. I think to a certain extent, you're feeding not just so that she can be the one with the crazy ex-husband, but also that you're feeding her a form of like attention, a form of power and, and because she gets to play that role then. So I, I, this, this situation seems a little, yeah. And I try not to, I try to, uh, you know, like a fire, I'm just not going to give it anything to burn. I'm just not gonna, I just don't, I spent months just, I'm not going to text back. I am just going to, I'm going to let her, I'm going to concede a lot of things to her. I'm going to let her win. I'm not gonna, I'll just agree. I'll just go along with it. Yeah. And I won't fight it. But it's hard when she's got my son and that's the piece that she's using. You've been on tour. You miss him very much. So emotions are already high. Also, it just seemed she, I don't, she's an indirect communicator. Most people. And we've had the, we keep having this conversation. We talked, we talked about this a lot. Indirect communication. Most people, whatever they tell you their reason for wanting something is nine times out of 10 that is a reason that they have fabricated in the moment to make themselves sound better. Very rarely are people like, I want this for this selfish reason of my own, which is mostly what people want things for. So they always come up with some spin for why they need it. And so much of like conversations you tell me about her are it's spin. And then you're frustrated because you're like, the spin never makes sense. So the, the, the logic that, uh, well, then I'll only have them for two days and then you're doing math like, well, I've been gone for 12 days. And it's like, yeah, but that's probably not why. There's probably a reason why she actually wanted that night. And instead of being like, hey, can I have them for that night? Because this would be convenient for me. She doesn't do that. She doesn't ever want to sound like someone who, and this is, you have jokes about this. Like, I just think using him as an excuse for wanting things to be a certain way. This is in his best interest rather than just being like, Hey, look, this is would serve me better. Yeah. Which is how you communicate, which is how I communicate. And then it always gets used against me. You are very direct and I don't understand people and and candid. And most people are not. That's so weird to me. How do you guys get through life then? What do you, like, you don't ever tell anybody what you want? Well, and for the most part, people want that done to them. Jason was the most direct person I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I've never met anyone that is so bold as to ask for everything he wanted. And I learned a lot from that because I am a very manipulative. So manipulation is is getting things without asking for them, basically. I'm oversimplifying. But as a child... I would get a different reaction every time from my mom, most of them negative if I asked for things. I could, I was not allowed to ask why. I was never allowed to ask for clarity. It was a really weird fucking rule that she got from her mom. And I just learned from a very early age that asking people for things, I usually wouldn't get them and I would get a harsh rejection. And so I I started very early getting things without ever asking for them. And so I I became a very indirect communicator. And when I am manipulating people, I tell people I'm manipulative because I don't want to do it to anyone I care about. I tell people that I'm capable of this. I've worked years and years and years and years on this. If you think I'm manipulating you, I probably am not. If I said something that sounds manipulative, it's what I'm not saying. Usually if I'm, if I am, and I don't do it anymore because the only thing that I still indirectly communicate about is like emotional stuff. But once I learned how to directly communicate, indirect communication is exhausting. It's so much extra work. (laughs) And uh, I am just like, Oh, I could just ask for this, but okay. So like, I don't, I have been desperately afraid of rejection most of my life. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask my boss for a day off unless I was positive that he would say yes. Cause the idea of saying, can I have this day off? And he says, no, it, it felt like it would be a, a crushing weight falling on top. Like I'll die. I will die is what it felt like. And so I would just have this big, long drawn con out, drawn out conversation in which somehow I would trigger him to offer me the day off without me ever having to, having to ask for it. Like that was the the level of insane 
indirect communication that I just constantly communicated with. And I've worked on this for years. Most people, it isn't like that. They're directly asking for what they want, but they're lying about why they want it. And so you hear people who are in an argument with someone and they're telling you about it. They're venting about it. And then they will list off all the reasons why they're right or why they wanted this thing or whatever. But most of those are bullshit. Most of those are, and everyone does it. I call it self-deception. It's just these, like, they instantly believe it. We all, a lot of people do it. And so I want, I want my son for this night because it would be, I don't know what a reason, like the, I, I have my stepchild. It would be easier to have both of them the same night. So I, I want him this night, but I can't tell you that cause that's not a priority for you. I know that you don't give a shit about that. So I have to tell you, there's a reason that I think that you're going to go for. So I say that. And the minute she says that she believes that. So now you're talking to a wall of self-deception and that's how most people, man, yeah, I just feel like when you when you cross into self deception, then, I'm, then uh, you you you're trying to play me, but you just played yourself. Most people, yeah, they instantly self deceive and believe their own bullshit. So I think that you and I, when we first became friends, I told you that I can hear people's true. I can hear the truth. When people talk, I can hear the truth. And I, when, when and you I, said that, I was like, uh, you were like, that's yeah, what's, me too. what is that? And I said, it feels like subtext. And you were like, what? Uh, I hear that constantly. And I said, yeah. And then we talked about it. And then you were like, this is why I get frustrated. This is why we get frustrated with her is because I knew what she was saying, but she swore up and down. And then I was like, yeah, she doesn't. She has the truth partitioned from herself. Most yeah. people who are not self-aware, who are not constantly, think about how There's often always, you ask yourself what your true motivations are. All the time. Constantly. I'm always figuring that out. Yeah. I, I, a lot of times will be like, no, it's this. And then have to come back and be like, Hey, by the way, that was, I was jealous or I was, uh, afraid of this. You know, it takes me like examination to realize I I get really frustrated with people. Well, I don't know if super frustrated is maybe is not the right word, but I I can always tell when people are lying. I feel like I can hear them lie. Right. I and it's just like like listening to someone sing off key. I can just hear it. Yes. And God, what a fucking good description of that. Oh, thank you. And I'm a, I it always turns me off. I just I just get quiet and then I'm like, all right. And I, in my mind, I'm always like, I don't, I don't confront people on it. Like I'll test them or like push them a little bit. Maybe if I like the person, I'm going to be really direct about it. And I want to give them a chance to just tell me like what it is they're really thinking. But if they stick with the, with the lie, I just don't say anything. I don't confront them. And right. I don't say you're lying. I feel because I feel like I, they know that they're lying. And so then you're a garbage person that I don't need to. You're just gonna lie to me. Well, I don't trust you. I don't. If if you don't, if you can't trust me to tell the truth, I don't trust you to I to tell the truth either. And I'm not going to lie. So I just don't say anything to that person anymore. Right. And then uh, this girl's like, "You're so interesting when you get quiet." I'm like, uh, "Stop lying to me, then." Yeah. And I would have kept talking to you, but you lied to me all the time. So yeah, I feel I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm I I'm perfect either because I think that I've I'm trying to manipulate more. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying. I am trying to communicate less directly because like uh we've I've run into issues where you know I realize oh this person want, would have been happier if I had lied to them yes and I would have gotten what I wanted if I had lied to them instead I I just told. The, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth when no one really asked for it. Right. And uh, I just ended up making everybody mad. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see uh, how this was wrong in that scenario. And I should uh, maybe try to be a little bit more subtle. You know, just a little. The little things are trying to do where I want to be a little, a little less direct. I also just used to put my... I used to just have a like almost a compulsion to to tell the truth, like to say every single thing that I was thinking, and now I run it through more filters, you know, right? Uh, because I thought that honesty was the end all, be all 
like that's the Virtue. most the yeah. most virtuous thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's now not. I'm like, is this does this serve me? Does this serve someone else? That's a huge difference. Like, is what I'm about to say, is it just designed to make me feel better? Or and is it gonna make the other person feel worse if I say this? You yeah. Know? That's such a, I, uh, one, one brand of people that I can't stand are people that are like, uh, I'm just honest. And it's like, no, you're not. You're a cunt. Like you're just saying bitchy, horrible things under the premise of like honesty, but it's not, you're just a piece of shit. Um, I think one example is asking in communication is the asking people for things versus telling people versus don't ask, don't tell people. The, yeah. The, the 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 finesse of indirect com- <laughs> sorry no I wanted to make a don't ask don't tell joke uh, uh, sometimes I'm just trying to hold on to the thought and articulate it and then you make a joke and I'm like if I acknowledge sh- that joke sh- right shut now up, shut up shut up <laughs> if I acknowledge that joke I'm gonna lose it I have it by such a thread right now you had a situation with a booker where you had to take another gig, you got a crazy good deal. You had to take another gig. Yeah, I had a, I had a chance to make uh like eighteen hundred dollars more yeah. that night. Yeah. So it was it was late notice. It was it was like fifteen days away from the gig, but uh, obviously I don't have a choice here. Yeah, like, I have in, to in, take in it. a working uh, road comics life. Uh, I need to make more money. So if someone comes in with a corporate gig. And so I wanted to let him know as soon as possible. Right. And I also wanted to do everything I could in my power to make his job easier. Like I went out and found like immediately started messaging other comics in that area who could replace me, you know? And again, thinking that this would make the booker happy that I, that I did the the legwork for him. Um, I thought about sending an email that said, Oh, hey, I, I got this I got this other offer and I don't know what to do. D- would you be mad at me if I if I took it? But that email felt uh disingenuous. Yeah. It felt like a waste of time. I I am absolutely taking the gig. <laughs> There's nothing you can say. So it would just be I'm just pretending I would just be lying to you if I said, Oh, would you be all right? Because I'm not really asking your opinion. I'm gonna take the gig no matter what. Right. Uh so it just felt more respectful to be upfront and just professional as professional as I can and say, but you know, this is this, I'm sorry for this, but here's how I can help fix it. Right. Which was very proactive and you did all the right things, but in that situation, all that person wanted was that fake conversation. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to, to feel, uh, power yeah. that I would, that I would go, Oh, please, uh, what, what can I do? And then l- let him let be in him the position to say, yeah. Oh, you know what? I understand. And I feel like if I had sent that email, I thought about, he wouldn't have been mad at all. Right. He would have been a little mad, but he would have been like, Hey man. If I was like, oh, I really, I, I've been so excited to do your gig in a bowling alley. I, uh, uh, I've been look, I've been looking forward to to the to the twelve people that were gonna come out. Uh, I, I really, it really breaks my heart to uh, go make uh, my rent money, uh, but what do you think I should do? He would have been. He would have been like, "Hey, man, you know, I, 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 I was a comic too once, and I understand uh, how the how the road goes. And uh, man, there's the the tough breaks. And uh, listen, I don't want to keep you from making money. like he he would have said that. Yes. But instead, uh, I didn't give him that opportunity. And boy, was uh, he mad at me. And uh, he is. Uh, Still. He's still he's still mad. I think I, I I'm blacklisted, uh, which means I'll never work for him again until uh, he needs me to, <laughs> until he has someone else cancel on him at the last minute and doesn't have a choice. But uh, yeah, that was a big learning uh, lesson for me. I felt like I could have handled that much better. Uh, I could, but have it done. does when you explain it. It uh, it is. No, I think I was wrong. I think I feel like if I was saying something 
like if I, I was fucking his shit up, like it's, I do think that it's part of the comedy business and that you shouldn't freak out about it because the, you are only look, all you have ever done is look out for your own bottom line and don't get mad at me when I start looking out for mine. You know, I think, uh, it's just, it's not personal, it's business. Uh, and, but I do think that I handled it wrong. I think I was fucking him up at the last minute and the least I could have done was give him an illusion of power right? and kiss the ring and let him, uh, you know, and I should have, but in my, uh, super, uh, integrity warped, honest mind, I was like, <laughs> that's, I used to, it's I used to not yeah. understand that I, this, I looked back at stuff from high school. Teachers would get mad at me and I wouldn't understand why they were mad at me. Uh, because I was just, I was being a little shit, I get, and I, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't lie to them when they wanted me to. Right. And I didn't understand why they wanted me to lie. Like, I would just, I would just tell them, uh, you know, that like, they'd be like, you, do you have a, a pass for when you missed class yesterday? And I was like, no, I just skipped it. <laughs> and they, and they would be upset. They'd just at least have the, have enough respect for me to lie that, uh, and I, and that I would be so confused. I was like, no, I do respect you. That's why I'm not lying to you. You know, <laughs> I, why would I lie to you, Mr. Bradbury? Uh, this, I, I like you, but it, I realize now all the ways that that was incredibly disrespectful. To them. Yeah. And they're like, could you, the, I would just get up and leave. <laughs> they're like, can you at least pretend that you're going to the bathroom? And I was like, why would I do that? I'm not going to come back. And then I would just steal your bathroom pass. <laughs> You know, that like, that like giant yeah. keychain like thing that you had to, I was like, I don't want to steal your bathroom pass <laughs> on top of, you know, I just want to, I just want to walk out. <laughs> Did I tell you my, uh, my strategy for, uh, for skipping class in yeah. high school? I would grab, I would find a desk and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the the chair desk, the ones that like yeah. a chair and a desk attached to it, and then I would just carry it around Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> High School. I would just walk I would just walk the halls aimlessly. And uh if you ever like you um because well no, no one stops you. Right. There's if you're wandering the halls in the middle of class, administrators or teachers are going to see you and be like, "What are you doing?" Right. Uh, but if you're uh, having purposefully a desk, carrying, uh, carrying a, a desk. desk around, uh, no one uh, ever that never crosses their mind that you would <laughs> would just spend an hour <laughs> walking up and down hallways carrying a desk. But they seriously underestimated. Uh, how much I hated pre-calc. <laughs> I, I would so much rather just get the exercise. I would yeah. the whole time. Well, it's only like a forty-five minute class. An hour is a, a slight exaggeration. Oh, I you would just carry the desk till you got to a door to leave. Oh well, yeah. Well, if you found if you find a good spot, yeah, you plop, uh, <laughs> you plop down. You could sit there for a minute. You pretend like uh, like if so, like you could just chill outside of someone's class, and then if an administrator said something, you're just like, oh, they're uh, they're taking a test that. Uh, uh, I'm not ready for so uh, she had me sit outside like you know you just say yeah. something you just be you like oh, right I'm in I'm, I'm in timeout <laughs> uh, you know I'm in I'm in, I'm in trouble <laughs> holy shit so I, I guess didn't I d- you carried the desk the whole time I'm a I'm a big strong guy you it's are. okay <laughs> it's a, it's all right uh, I would uh, the other I also had a press pass from. Because that was uh, Mr. Bradbury was a newspaper teacher, so they gave us press passes. Which man, the second I had, I uh, I abused that yeah. meaningless privilege as much as I could, <laughs> just for anything that I could do, and I would just go and get my friends out of their class, but pretend to be interviewing them for the paper. How but, Ferris Bueller. It, I, you have no idea how much I <laughs> idolized Ferris Bueller in high school. I had a leisure rules poster in my bedroom. I wanted to be Ferris Bueller. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. But I would just walk in uh, to someone's class 
and just mispronounce their name. That's all you have to do. You're just like the you knock on the door and the teacher you interrupt the teacher's lesson and they're like hello and they're like yeah hi yeah I'm uh, I'm from the newspaper I'm looking for an uh Ez, an Ezra Oruk or Oric or is there an Ezra uh, Oric in this class? <laughs> And then my friend Esra Orich, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like you know, raises her hand, and the teacher's like, "Yeah, go ahead." And like, I just need to take her out, just ask her a couple of questions, and then uh, uh, two people can carry the desk together, and it's a, uh, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot easier. <laughs> well, so I think you were capable of manipulation, some manipulation. <laughs> I guess, yeah, obviously, a little. I don't think I don't I don't want to make myself out to be like. Uh, uh, I am perfect. I was very I'm perfectly honest all the time. Yeah, I just uh, I am an imperfect human who I think skews toward saying everything on his mind. But it just it feels more like a compulsion of mine. Like it doesn't feel like a super uh, healthy trait. I'm trying to balance that out, I do. I, uh, oh my god! Speaking, of, I, I'm going to tell. Uh, speaking of of high school manipulation. All right, so this is what I was thinking about in compulsion stuff, where I've run into trouble uh, in the last couple of years. We've talked about my how I'm learning how to date and stuff, and I'll say I'll just say stuff to women what I, that I'm thinking, where I just I'm like, in this moment, I think you you're so beautiful, and I'll just be like, you're the most beautiful woman in the world, and uh, I don't know if I've ever said that. Anyway, now I'm feeling self conscious, but <laughs> I'll say I'll say things that are really. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I say all this stuff and I wish that I, I didn't and I'm trying to learn how to play things cool, tr learning how to try to play games, you know? Yeah. I think I could stand to play. You know, all these people that are like, I, no games, no games for me. I'm, I'm tired of games. Uh, I'm like, I could use some games, I think. Yeah. Uh, but... I played a game one time in high school. There was this girl who was uh, younger than me. She was very cute. She was very cute, but she was also younger than me. I think she was, and I was I was embarrassed that I was intimidated by a girl that was that was younger than me. Like, I, but I was. I was yeah. too scared to talk to her. She seemed like all. She seemed more popular than me. Uh, already you know right and she was kind of hanging out with my friends and so i knew her name and i'd seen her and i thought she was really cute but i'd never had the guts to talk to her one day in lunch i'm in the cafeteria and she's in the cafeteria too and i knew that she didn't have lunch my period so she's skipping she's giving class into my lunch and um Man, I would just like to blame Disney movies. I think I would just like to blame. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really embarrassed by this story. This is not a good story. I'm, I'm, just, but I would like to blame it on the patriarchy. Uh, just, I remember thinking the story that had been reinforced to me so many times in different ways was the damsel in distress. I had seen so many examples of love where uh, a girl was in trouble. And then a guy saved her, and then that girl liked that guy because he saved her. Right. And I remember think like just being mad. Did you myself. set the building on fire? I did not set the building okay. on fire. Let's uh, whew, uh, don't let your imaginations run wild as I long windedly get to the underwhelming punchline of this story. <laughs> but I remember thinking like I was just mad that I couldn't talk to her, and I remember thinking if only she was in trouble. Then I could save her, and then she would have to like me. Uh, and something dark clicked inside of me where I was like, you could get her in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, if you put the damn, like, you know, like, you have a damsel but no distress, put her in distress and then save her. And uh, I knew the administrator that was running lunch during that period. And uh, he was cool, Mr. Carter. Uh, no, Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, hypothetically, <laughs> like, what? I just want to just, just run something past you. What if I told you uh, there was a person here in this cafeteria that didn't belong? Uh, 
uh, that uh, was skipping. And then you called them out and you busted them and you were going to give them lunch duty, trash duty, which is the like baseline punishment. It was, you just had to like walk around with a trash can uh, and pick up people's garbage uh, after the, uh, the at the end of lunch, you know? Right. It's like this big, giant trash can you wheel, and everyone like laughs at you, and it's like, ha-ha, take my trash, trash bitch. But <laughs> I never... That was the worst fucking punishment to give me. That's like the briar rabbit of... like that. I was just like, please don't give me trash duty. And then I would just like walk, like prance around the cafeteria <laughs> with this trash can, being like, ha-ha, it's me, the trash bitch, here to collect all the trash. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> I would like ask for tips and stuff. I, just, I remember... Like clearing this one table and just holding my hand out and coughing, going. <laughs> I just I. Uh, but anyway, so you for liked mo- it for mo- yes, saying? but for okay. other people, for other people, uh, it was a shameful experience, right? So I was like, what if you were going? I told you someone didn't belong, and then you were going to give them trash duty. But then I swooped in, and was like, hey man, uh, she's with me, and I flashed this press pass to you. <laughs> this- this fake laminated thing. And I was like, she's with me. And then she doesn't get in trouble. Like, do you think uh, that would make a girl want to go out with me? <laughs> and Mr. Taylor was on board. He immediately was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this plan. Oh let's my God, do it. How fun. And uh, I was nervous. And, and uh, he was like, tell me the name. Tell me the name. Who is it? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, what is it? I didn't even know her last name. Yeah, I only knew her first <laughs> name. So it, was so it was sketchy as hell. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're just out of no. So then like, I'm still standing next to him. I'm standing next to him when he grabs the microphone and goes, Anjali. <laughs> it's just broadcasted the whole cafeteria Anjali and I'm just like scurrying I'm just like ducking so that I won't and then she comes he to... doesn't say her last name he doesn't say her last name and he's just like she walks to the front uh, of the of the cafeteria and uh, like what was he gonna do I don't know but then she just immediately confesses. So my plan is for, also very honest. Yeah, also <laughs> more also. honest than me. My plan was to come in like after uh, and and be like, hey, no, she's with me. But I never got a chance because she, I ran away and she ran up and was like, oh my god, I'm skipping class. I'm so sorry. And then I come in a second later and I'm like, hey, Mr. Taylor, what's <laughs> up, dude? This is my good friend Anjali. She's with me and Mr. Taylor. <laughs> My the the worst Mr. Taylor the worst fucking wingman of all time goes uh well uh she says she's not with you and <laughs> and she already has trash duty and I was like what the f- Mr. Taylor was I don't Mr. know Taylor I don't know how I could have laid this Ocean's Eleven master plan out for you any simpler. Did he just use you to bust Anjali or she just confessed too fast? She confessed too fast. And I don't, I think at the end of the day, Mr. Taylor doesn't give a shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) he, he, um, uh, as we collected trash together, because then I felt bad and I didn't, I didn't confess that I was the one that got her in trouble. I just, uh, was like, oh, well, um, I'll do trash duty with you. Uh, you don't have to do it alone. And, uh, which I felt was fair. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, I'm doing trash duty with her and like, still like trying to salvage this situation, like trying to make conversation <laughs> with her somehow. Like maybe I'll get to know her as we, as we pick up empty milk cartons off the floor. Uh, and Mr. Taylor the whole time is like, that's a really great guy, but, uh, man, <laughs> Like, now he wants to be my wingman. He's trying to overcompensate. And I'm like, you need to cut it out, dude. This is so fucking obvious what we've done. And he's just like, Phew. stand up guy. Stand up Aaron Woodall. Man, I like him. I'm like, shut. You're, you're dead to me, Mr. Taylor. You're dead. Did you ever tell her this story? I think I just did. I just told her. <laughs> she, was- she definitely. I, I am positive. If she doesn't listen to the story, all of there she has multiple friends that do and will tell her about it. <laughs> I look, I, I'm looking forward to the Instagram message that. <laughs> 
because we're still we're like Instagram friends. Uh, yeah. And uh, oh, fuck. I see your stuff every now and then, and I think about uh, this this fucking dumb. <laughs> I've never I've never done anything. I and I don't know if I've told anybody that story. So oh, embarrassed fuck. of the chauvinistic uh, principles that I have. It's like I don't know. <laughs> just so gross. She just I just made I just all I did was narc that's all that I did all I did was narc on someone who's just skipping class I got them trash duty and I'm like do you like me now (laughs) yeah you didn't notice me before but uh, now that I've ratted you out I'm a little now don't you like me? <laughs> and that's when I decided to always be honest moving forward. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I don't think I have uh, anything to top that. <laughs> uh. Fuck, I hate ending stuff. Man. All right, so it was Anjali. really hard to listen to you forced laughter. <laughs> Dude, we just got a we just got a review that says three minutes of Jess's forced laughter. I can't listen anymore. Yeah, uh, try being me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Jess, stop forcing the laughter. The way I'm forcing this. End. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I love, sometimes episodes just end so naturally well, yeah. and it feels great. And then other times we sit here and we're like, do you have anything left to say? <laughs> do you? Oh, I guess that's the end. Uh, sorry, guys. And this is the latter. Uh, but, fuck. <laughs> I still don't know Anjali's last name. <laughs> what? I just know Anjali. 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 Uh, God, that would be so amazing she's to be read, listening she, to a podcast and just find out that that person. That's how I want everyone to find out all of my secrets. Ugh, just fuck. you should have you you should have been listening to the podcast, man. That's how I feel when people text me and they're like, "You and Jason aren't together anymore," and I'm like, "Fuck you!" Episode two. Episodes. You just send them links. <laughs> I do. Uh, Sorry, babe. I'm all about them downloads. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do this as efficiently as possible that's how i feel about it if you're not close enough to know the story then i made a podcast for you to listen to i don't want to tell the story Lucky each you. individual person <laughs> there's not much of a story but uh yeah just we <laughs> god we're awful <laughs> oh my goodness we're gonna we're gonna take a week or so to really uh uh evaluate <laughs> how we feel about ourselves <laughs> we'll, tr- we'll be back next week uh remember to uh i don't know check out our fucking social media and stuff join the facebook group yeah <laughs> and uh we'll see you guys next time on mormon and the meth head if you put a mormon and a meth head together this is what they sound like Aaron would all interest so read our friends Listen to them talking to Mike It's a good show!